Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Believers have God's promise that when we faithfully obey Him and don't give up, we will enjoy the very best returns. Let the Lord encourage your heart as Joe Vasek, pastor of Northeast Baptist Church of Danbury, Connecticut, urges us to stay the course. Neil and Agnes Livingston lived in Scotland in the late 1700s and the early 1800s. They both loved and served the Lord. Neil was a traveling tea salesman, a Sunday school teacher, and a constant promoter of prayer meetings. As he went from house to house selling tea, he would also give out gospel tracts. The Livingstons raised their seven children in a one-room apartment on the top floor of an apartment building that mostly housed the employees of a nearby factory. Neil's family knew him to be an avid reader, and his favorite subjects to read were Bible doctrine, missionary work, and world travel. The Livingston's second oldest child, David, acquired his dad's love for reading. But David didn't enjoy books of theology as his dad did. He was more interested in topics such as nature, philosophy, and science. This caused Neil to worry that David would have more of an appetite for temporal things and not for the things of God. The family was so poor that when David was 10 years old, he had to go to work in the factory. With his very first paycheck, he began buying books. The first book was a Latin grammar textbook. He started work at 6 in the morning and worked until 8 o'clock at night. The only breaks were for breakfast and lunch. When he finished work at 8, he would attend a class until 10. And when he got home, he would read until after midnight unless his mother caught him and made him go to sleep. Even while he was at work in the factory, he would keep a book propped up so he could read a few lines whenever he had some downtime. He later wrote about how reading and the noise of the factory trained him to focus, which would help him in Africa. David Livingston continued with his love of science throughout his teen years, and it continued to bother his father that David had no interest in faith-related books. David said that his last spanking came for refusing to read William Wilberforce's book on practical Christianity. But David eventually discovered a British Christian, scientist, and author named Thomas Dick, who was convinced that there could and must be a harmony between science and the Christian faith. He wrote about it in his book, Philosophy of Religion, which David read with great interest. Next, David read his book, Philosophy of a Future State, which brought a reconciliation in David's mind and heart of the two conflicting influences in his life, his parents' faith and his own interest in science. As a result of reading Philosophy of a Future State, at 20 years old, David Livingston made Jesus Christ his Savior. Everything in his life immediately began to change. He later wrote, The fullness with which the pardon of all our guilt is offered in God's book drew forth feelings of affectionate love to him who bought us with his blood, which has influenced my conduct ever since. In 1834, when David Livingston was 21, he heard the appeals of churches for medical doctors in China. Though he didn't necessarily feel called to missions, he had gained a strong burden for lost souls since his salvation. So David decided to fill the need in China. While he was still preparing, the opium wars began and prevented him from going to China. It was that same year that David met the veteran Scottish missionary to Africa, Robert Moffat. Moffat persuaded David that his skills were sorely needed in the Lord's work in Africa, 
Moffat later recalled his initial conversation with Livingston. By and by, he asked me whether I thought he would do for Africa. I said I believed he would if he would not go to an old station, but would advance to unoccupied ground, specifying the vast plain to the north, where I had sometimes seen in the morning sun the smoke of a thousand villages where no missionary had ever been. David Livingston was convinced. On November 20th, 1840, he was ordained as a missionary. Shortly after that, he boarded a ship bound for Africa. And on March 14, 1841, he arrived in Cape Town. Four years after he arrived, he married Robert Moffat's daughter, Mary. And for a while, he was content to proceed as a conventional missionary, following the pattern of his mentor, Robert Moffat, staying in one village, teaching those people. But all the while, he felt an inner restlessness, a desire to impact the entire continent, as Moffat had initially described. His interests in education and science were still ringing in his heart, and he longed to use his knowledge to make a difference, not just in one village, but for all the people of Africa. When David's only convert in that village drifted from his profession of faith in Christ and went back to a lifestyle of polygamy, David set his sights on all of Africa. He longed to introduce people to Christ and then give them the tools to rise above the bondage of slavery. He was convinced that knowing Christ would empower people to make changes in every facet of their lives. He began to travel the continent, learning things about the African people and culture and land that no European knew. Eventually, he sent his wife and children back to Britain while he made his journeys throughout Africa. In 1857, he published his major work, Missionary Travels and Researches in South Africa, which brought him a legendary status around the world to this day. Christian, God will use your unique dreams, ambitions, and skills to accomplish what only you can accomplish for His glory. Stay the course. We pray that today's program was a blessing to you. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at staythecourse at nbcdanbury.org. God bless you.